Are you looking to reach your full potential and achieve success in business and in life? Want only tried and tested guidance from people who have truly made an impact? You have come to the right place. Welcome to Five Questions with Dan Shabell. New York Times bestselling author Dan Shabell distills the most actionable and tangible advice from a variety of world-class humans, including entrepreneurs, authors, Olympians, politicians, billionaires, Nobel Prize winners, TED speakers, celebrities, astronauts, and more. Inspirational guidance, practical advice, and concrete solutions. Our 15-minute power chat starts now. Welcome to the eighth episode of Five Questions with Dan Shawbell. As your host, my goal is to curate the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is celebrity doctor, podcast host, and board-certified internist, Dr. Drew Pinsky. He was born in Pasadena, California, and attended Polytechnic School, majoring in biology at Amherst College, and then eventually earning his MD at the University of Southern California School of Medicine. From his residency in internal medicine at USC County Hospital, he became chief resident at Huntington Memorial Hospital in Pasadena, and eventually moved into private practice. His career media started in 1984, which is one year after I was born, when he had a regular segment on KROQ-FM in LA. Then he hosted Loveline with Adam Carolla, which went national in 1995 with a TV version on MTV following it one year later. In 2007, Pinsky hosted the nationally syndicated radio talk show Dr. Drew Live, and in 2008, he starred in Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew. Then from 2011 to 2016, he hosted his own show, Dr. Drew On Call on HLN. He is the author of The Mirror Effect and Tracked and is currently the host of the Dr. Drew podcast and co-host of The Adam and Dr. Drew Show. This is the second interview I've had with Dr. Drew since 2014, and I've always enjoyed his views on psychology and mental health. How have you adjusted to the changing media landscape to stay relevant in your career? You know, obviously there's been a ton of change, right? This thing has moved towards digital and, and uh, people have cut cables and people have moved away from television and radio has moved into other uh, audio delivery systems like podcasting and satellite. I, I have, the, the way I've thought about it is very simply, which is that if you're going to exist, you've got to exist in a lot of places all at once. Uh, people, I, I can remember in the past, people would always say, oh, you don't want to be overexposed. I, you know, I never had to really worry about that. But I remember conversations about overexposure. That is no longer, a con- no one ever talks about that anymore. Now they talk about finding audiences, finding, finding, you know, breaking into different niches uh, and, and, you know, being relevant to different um, uh demographics and and different uh cultures and different outlooks and so that has been the new thing and so my adjustment to that is sort of living in the podcast world you know trying to do lots of different things on television you know do, when, when i conceive of doing and creating television of course i include in that thought process things like crackle and pop and and uh, Facebook and Amazon, you know, you, you really think about many different kinds of platforms. You've interviewed all types of people who have suffered in many ways. Who has been the most inspirational to you and why? God, right now I'm working with a guy named Wes Chapman, who, uh, yeah, I'd say he's the guy that's on my mind right now. And he did a, you know, he was, 
severely ritualistically, physically, and sexually abused. I mean, his his story is unbelievable. I, I chronicle it on one of my podcasts. And by the age of, I think, eight or nine, he tried to commit suicide multiple times. And he ended up, you know, at age about 10 or 11, just realizing this, this wasn't the life he was meant to live and started making use of the treatments that were being offered to him and now is helping other people. He, he, he has this thing called Find the Hero. You know, it just resonated for me, helping people transition from victim to their own, to their personal hero, to themselves to be a hero for and of themselves. And he, uh, he also happened to be uh, the, the bounty hunter. What's his name? Dog the bounty hunter's biological son who was abandoned by Dog, Dog when he was one. So it's this crazy story uh, of just horrible abuse and then, and then redemption. Do you think we've reached a tipping point for well-being in the workplace? I think we've reached a tipping point in terms of doing something about it. I, I don't think we've reached the tipping point in, in terms of effectuating change, I'm sorry to say, because the needs are so profound. I mean, we're, you know, we're overweight. Where the average person is overweight, under-trained, you know, sedentary, and not great emotionally. Um, but the fact that we're paying attention is only good news. And and I I cannot say strongly enough that the ability to accept care and, and closeness from other humans is, is a very profound, critical element in all of this. Uh, and it, and it's, it's, it's harder than it sounds, actually being close to people and actually accepting their, their help and their, and their care. Um, but if, if workplaces can provide that and also provide the inspiration for what needs to be done, then, then I'm all about it. The, 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 evidence, the evidence isn't fully there for me yet, but I, I like the fact that we've reached a tipping point in terms of paying attention. How can we use technology to create real human connection instead of letting it isolate us? Like any technology, it's going to come with liability. Uh, I, I think when the day is done, there will be a net value. But for now, we're we're still in the sorting through process. Uh, we we have we we call it process addiction. You know, there's preoccupation with the process, uh, the 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 interaction we have with electronic media. I think almost all of us are in some way underserved by it. In that in that in some way, all of us are looking at our phone too much and having negative feelings attached to what we're looking at. I don't think it's, in, it's what I would call not good for our soul. However, it, 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 is a, it is a tool. It's a tool that will have value and continues to have value. We just need to learn how to use it. And this, the, the stimulation that comes out of this little instrument we hold in our hand is, is, is like a crack pipe. And we have to get very serious about um, dealing with it uh, and educating people about how to avoid getting uh, falling down that rabbit hole. How do you manage your time? I've always looked at each day as a little jigsaw puzzle. This is going to sound bizarre, but I used to be a workaholic where I would get up at 5 in the morning and I would struggle to get home by 10 at night. And that, was, that was every day with you know weekends off working eight hours. And ever since then, time management has seemed like a piece of cake because that, that was dreadful. Um, so I look at every day as sort of a creative opportunity, which is like a jigsaw puzzle where I, I enjoy it. I enjoy doing lots of different things. 
and sometimes I have trouble doing or getting to things that I want to do. But at least at this point in my life, I, I feel like I have time to work out. I have time to listen to podcasts. I have time to spend time with my family. So I don't feel deprived in any way. And I'm even sleeping enough these days. So so all I can say is that it, it's it's something I'm very good at is time management. And I drive actual joy from doing lots of different things every every day. Probably built off the dread I used to feel off of, you know, seeing 50 or 60 patients in a day that there was just too much, too much. And, and that was the, the time management demands there were just un, un, inhuman. And uh, so now it's all kind of a joy. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Drew. To follow his journey, be sure to listen to the Dr. Drew podcast and the Adam and Dr. Drew show. You can also find him on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter where he shares his celebrity encounters, live broadcasts, travels, and TV appearances. We hope you enjoyed today's show and the amazing advice our guests provided. Remember that you can only benefit from advice if you can act on it. Before you do, we would appreciate your feedback in form of a review. You can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or a podcatcher of your choice. Your feedback would be very much appreciated. Head over to danshawbell.com slash review now.